Whenever you are ready, Sean, lead us in. Which, which, right. Sean? Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. We will continue uh, our our talk with Sean Rubino here, but first we're going to talk about drinks. We can't go a day without recording, uh, without talking about our beer choices let, of the evening. Let, let me, let but, me, can, I, can I interject for one second, Sean? Because that makes us sound a little bit more like alcoholics than I'm comfortable with. We oh, can go a day. We, we don't go I a guess. recording without talking about them. But mind you, folk, we record every two weeks, not daily. So That's, yes, yes, the, I guess a, a day of recording without yes. talking about, I guess, is a better way of saying that. If I didn't previously, no, it's not that bad. Just making but, sure. Okay, <laughs> thank you for the correction. <laughs> Anywho, what I've got in my hands tonight is a, a popular choice on the show: uh, Dogfish Head Brewery. Uh, this one is the Pennsylvania tuxedo. Ooh, tastes like a Christmas tree, doesn't it? Kind of. It's not quite as piney as I thought. Oh, I thought it was pretty. It good. was pinier than I was expecting, actually, because beer doesn't usually taste like pine. Um, no, but it's no. I mean, it's you know, it's almost got the hops thing going for it that that has some of that pine. But it says it's it's brewed with spruce tips or spruce tips or lips tips. That's mm. a small t. But it's very good, and the you know, Pennsylvania tuxedo. It's just nothing but plaid. It's fantastic. I actually Being have the California other Sean. I understand you may not understand this, but it gets it's well. It, it gets cold there too. Apparently, we've learned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I ha- I have the set of four pint glasses with the Pennsylvania tuxedo logo on them. They're, oh, they're ringed in plaid. Is it a um? Is it an annual? Do they do it every year? It, this is the second year it has become an annual. They introduced it last okay. year. It's it's a collaboration with Woolrich because what beer maker wouldn't make a collaboration with a you know a a, uh, a plaid clothing designer. <laughs> um, but it's an incredibly well-balanced beer. While we've talked about how it tastes like pine, um, for what it is, it it's much better balanced than I think we've made it come out. It is. It's very, it's smooth. It's, it's kind of warming. It's very good. Very um, good. How about you, Diami? Well, what are you um, getting sick drinking? Uh, not this. No, what okay, I, my, my, uh, my fortnightly pick is going to be the Omegang Abbey Ale Dubelle. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Oma Gang's Abbey Ale Double, not the regular Ale Double. Um, and I couldn't tell you why the Abbey is better, uh, but it's a fancier label, and it is a, it's very smooth, um, and it's just a really good double. It reminds me of the Allagash Double, which is probably my favorite double. So um, it's very good. I, Oma Gang doesn't usually do it for me, and this one I really did like. So I'll give them a lot of credit for this. Excellent. How did you... Uh stumble on that one necessarily just i like doubles so when i saw it i was like i'll give it a try and it worked oh fair enough <laughs> and and other sean how about you yeah well uh if i were to drink <laughs> oh you do not i'm sorry i'm not much of a drinker but you know in in the earlier college days i did and um i don't know how many i don't even know if you can find this beer very very often or where you find it, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. And that would be uh, longboard lager. Is that um, a Kona? It's in, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can find it out here. 
Okay. Yeah, I can get yeah, it. It, it. It brings back a lot of nostalgia for me after bodyboarding in Hawaii and then going back to my parents' place and barbecuing and drinking a longboard lager. So I don't know how many people have ever had it, but it, it's a, it is a pretty good beer. They've opened up distribution. I think I can find that in gas stations around here. Oh, wow. In Northwest Ohio. So, yeah, I, mean, they, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they got bought up from when you've had them, mm-hmm. but it's, it's out there. Yeah, I saw it once here at one of our local stores where I live, and that was the last time I saw it, and that was probably about two years ago. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. So let's Remember. dive into the uh, the five questions. So we got that that cleared away. Um, hold on. As my spreadsheet's messing up. Well, then let me begin if we can. I'll, I'll go we'll, for we'll it. We'll do these out of order. Well, I'll still do the first one, but usually you do Perfect. the first one. Um, so, Sean, how did you get into woodworking? Mm. Um, well, when I was a kid, <clears throat> I used to help my dad in the garage with a lot of things. Um, it started out with sorting, sorting things like screws and nails and bolts and that sort of thing for him. And uh, then graduated into um, putting together some fences, you know, like small picket fences and uh, cages for rabbits, that sort of thing. I think my first real power tool lesson was with the lathe. Uh, my dad had a shopsmith, and he, <laughs> I look Ooh. back at it, and I'm like, wow, my dad doesn't know how to turn anything. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he knew on the lathe that when you you know approach your, your workpiece, you first rub the bevel, and then you engage the bevel, and then you start your cut. So he knew that much. And we never, we never turned anything from rough to, to being true round. Uh, we always started with a dowel. Okay. Um, so okay. we would make little wands and things, and my brother and I, and we'd run around the place swinging them around, waving them in the air. Um, so that was my real first introduction to a woodworking power tool. Um, and uh, as I got older, you know, it was my mom's dream for us to be able to make our own furniture for our house. Uh, but shortly after she wanted to do that, we sold that shopsmith, so we had no way of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> was that your dad's way of saying that's not my dream? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I think it was a going from being a private practice dentist to being in the Navy, and we need the money. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh wow! So um, that's that's when we we sold that. It was about two years after I did that um, that wand, and you know I didn't touch anything um, in in woodworking since then. Or at at some point from that point on until you know the last uh, six years or so other than construction tools, you know, the, the circular saw, the, the power drill and everything for, for putting up fences and knocking down walls and reframing and everything like that. Um, so basic construction. Then we bought a house and had a garage and I had some, some of those tools and my wife said she wanted some nightstands for our house. And, uh, <laughs> I said, well, if we're going to, if I'm going to make a nightstand, um, I'm going to need a table saw and probably a router. So on a black Friday, I went out and I bought the cheapest Ooh. table, bench top table saw that I could find, which was a terrible idea and a craftsman router, two horsepower, a fixed base router. Um, the router was pretty good, mm-hmm. but the table saw, man, the run out on that thing was horrible and, uh, noisy and just, just all around bad, bad idea. Um, I never, never hurt anything. I did have a, a slight kickback cause I didn't know about, um, 
cutting your piece between the fence and the blade and mm. not pushing it all the way through. Uh-huh. So I was cutting a piece of, it's probably one of my first, first cuts that I was making with a piece of plywood. I was cross cutting it. And, and right when I finished cutting it, it said zing and shot back like a Ooh. missile. Um, luckily I was standing to the side, so it shot out right past me. But I said to myself, that's probably not supposed to happen. <laughs> and shortly after that, I found the wood whisperer <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, that it's, it went all downhill from there. You know, I, <laughs> purchasing better quality tools and, and, uh, projects that were not nightstands <laughs> to hone my skills. And that was my, my, uh, excuse I was like, honey, I, I can't make these nightstands cause I'm still learning how to do all this, this joinery and everything. So, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty much how I got started the background and, and everything. Um, uh, there, there's really not much more to it. Than, than that. So be- uh-huh. before we jump to the second question, let me just interject for a second. So you you needed the tools, and we've gone through the track of the tools to get to the nightstand. Mm-hmm. These are the aforementioned nightstands that we've we've discussed in the previous episode. So correct. am I correct? So yeah. the now that you have or are approaching the tool set required, I'm assuming that the ever increasing highly skilled pieces and highly artistic pieces you're making or all the skill set you're requiring so that by the time you get to the nightstands, they will be, be the true phenomenal. proper artistic nightstands that your wife yeah. deserves. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. I will write her a note to that effect if it helps. You. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I tell her. I was like, you know, all these projects that I make, they're just adding to like the, my, my skill set so I can make some really nice – you know, glued and brad nailed molding <laughs> nightstands for you. <laughs> well, the problem is that the nightstands, the nightstands are going to have to outdo that bed you made. Oh, man, I sure hope not. <laughs> unless, we're, unless we're talking about the bed I made for my brother, which I torched with a blowtorch. <laughs> there you go. Thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get around to it. The nightstands that she wants, she wants me to incorporate some CNC basket weave molding um, to match this headboard that I made long, long ago. Um, is that the one which you, I would get rid of? Did you talk about that one? Is that one with like I've um, I've mentioned it. Yeah, it's not CNC basket weave on that, right? It's it's uh, what do you call it? Isn't it's a commercial? made thing yeah, of some sort it's, right it's molding you pick up from the hardware store yeah. it, it's got a basket weave i i can't imagine somebody doing it by hand that would oh be right, right right so but it's not the only thing i can imagine is it being cnc hmm. have you not shown her mark's uh laundry basket oh <laughs> no i don't think i have <laughs> maybe you shouldn't <laughs> and, I, and i felt when when i saw him making that i was like oh man <laughs> That's that looks like a lot of work <laughs> getting those panels put together. But uh I mean yeah, it's the same concept except this molding is much thinner. They're, they're probably only about three eighths inch uh wide little basket weaves that that uh make the molding. And then it's it's trapping um vertical bamboo pieces like rails. Um and it totally did not come out the way I wanted it and had planned and it was supposed to be real tight bamboo to look almost like a, like a thatching, mm-hmm. um, very Island esque, but I, I could not find anything 
that was going to work and fit at that time. Since then, there's been a lot of things that I've, I've found that would have worked, but at that time I didn't have it. And it was out of my price range if I could find it. I, I wanted to also use larger pieces of bamboo, but I found that larger pieces were very expensive where I could have got <laughs> bamboo stakes from the hardware store. I was in college. It was my third year of college. No job. Um, so the bamboo stakes from the hardware store in the garden department is pretty much what I used. Huh. Yeah. Hey, that works. To make that. So she's been wanting a nightstands to match it. And, you know. Which is a much better it. result than her wanting a new bed. So I think you succeeded. Yeah, for sure. And we have talked about a new bed. And I allude to the fact that if we get a new bed, then we're going to have different nightstands <laughs> instead of bamboo and basket weave. So um, hopefully hopefully that works out. But I'm, it's, it's one of those things where um, – now that I'm actually making pieces to sell, I don't I don't have the time to make <laughs> things for my own house. <laughs> so the the commissions take precedence over the 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 family's pieces, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the uh, the cobbler's children have no shoes problem. Exactly. Yeah, come check out my roof. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, uh, uh, Sean, yeah. what uh, what is your favorite tool? The bandsaw. Oh. Quick. Yeah, I I have wanted a bandsaw for years. Um, especially once I saw Mark Spagnolo's videos and how he cut all the pieces at the bandsaw and then template routed everything, I said, "That's it. I got to get one of those things." And um, I saved up and I saved up and I finally found somebody on Craigslist that was selling a Grizzly 14-inch bandsaw and and I bought it and I've enjoyed it. Ever since, it's been one of my favorite, most used tools. I use it for everything, breaking down material, um, cutting joinery at times. I've, I've cut dovetails with it. I've cut tenons. Do it. Sean, who has influenced you the most in your woodworking? Hmm. One person? <laughs> yes, narrow it down to one. And if you get it wrong, there'll be repercussions. Um... I, I I have to say, Mark Spagnolo. I mean, he was one of the very first people that I saw make something, and I said, "Wow, that was incredibly easy, well explained, and a beautiful piece of furniture." Uh, that's that's what I want to make. And since then, I've I've uh, watched all of his videos, and then become became a guild member uh, probably in the, last, the past four years or so. I've been a guild member of his, and. Um, yeah, I think some some of the pieces might have a lot of influence from from him, which also stems down from David Marks as well. Mm-hmm. So those, yeah, definitely Mark with a inner channeling of David. <laughs> That's a good one. He's uh, I know he's inspired a lot of people in the last ten years or so. It's, oh yeah, uh, for sure. The community Absolutely. has grown greatly because of him. Mm-hmm. So what has been your biggest stumbling block and how did mm. you overcome it? Um, yeah, I know you've tried a lot of new things and new techniques, new materials, yada, 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 but what's the biggest one? Probably time. Okay. Um, I've, I've been talking with um, Braxton Worthland. You've had him on the show mm-hmm. recently. He's and a fun guy. Um, he, yeah, he's, 
he's if you've talked to him recently or heard his latest uh, interview with uh, John Berard, he talked about completely changing his his outlook of woodworking from making furniture and doing client work to just wood turning. And that's because you can you can make something in just a few short hours versus, mm. you know, getting a, a piece commission from somebody and saying, yeah, it'll be about three months where, you know, it could take a full time woodworker, maybe two weeks. So um, it ends up it ends up costing you a lot of money in terms of time because um, you can't knock a project out as fast as you'd like if you're working full time on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so how do you overcome having a lack of time? Um, losing sleep, I guess you have to, you have to give up something and you, you have a family. Some people have work. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that being a stay at home dad is not work, but you, you get paid for it in a different way, different manner. But the, the fact a, of the matter is when you're comparing def- it to your hobby, it's just as time consuming, if not more. <laughs> And it's definitely not a a uh, a nine to five forty hour work week job. It's it's twenty four hours seven days a week. Um, so you find time in between all of that to to do your woodworking and make make furniture pieces. Um, but something has to give, and it, it's usually sleep. So I I usually function on about five hours of sleep during the week. Mm. So, uh. do you catch up on the weekend? Does your wife let you or? Is it really five hours a night, seven days a week? It's it's probably six, six days a week. Some days, I think on Saturday is when I actually sleep in. Um, I go to bed reasonably early and then uh, sleep in until about 8.30 or so. <laughs> Real late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the kids are up at 7. They're like, Danny, we're hungry. Uh, uh, okay, that, have Vinny pour you some cereal. <laughs> that is so absolutely old- the life I live these days. But yeah. I fondly remember being married without kids and having the dog wake us up at like 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning because he needed to go out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but what I'll tell you, I'll give you a little hint about kids before we move on to the last question, is they make those self-serving cereal dispensers. You, you, mm. you rotate the crank and the cereal drops out mm-hmm. the bottom. And for the last five years, my kitchen has been covered in cereal. <laughs> but bet. the kids have been making their own breakfast. And it is, yeah. a, it is a trade-off I will make any day. I, I do feel kind of bad for it, you know, just telling the kids, have have your older brother pour you some cereal. I feel like it's sort of a cop-out, but um, it, it's definitely been a, a help to have him <laughs> in the kitchen to be able to pour cereal. That's so, what older brothers are for. Yeah, yeah, and at least he's not malicious and he's not spitting in it yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in bed. How would you know? Uh, yeah, uh, time will tell. Yeah. That all right. So before we get back to parenting, let's get on to the last question of uh, the five questions for woodworking. How has the internet influenced your work? Um, it's been the sole influence and educational uh, resource that I've, I've had in the last six years. If it wasn't for internet, YouTube, then uh, what else would I use? Magazines? I could still probably learn quite a bit from magazines, but it wouldn't be as quick. And, you know, there's there's a few magazines out there and they only publish six to maybe eight times a year. Mm. Um, but with YouTube, you have new videos and new content coming out daily. 
and inspiration from other people and and different materials. So I would say it's it's been the driving force for my influence in in furniture making and making other things in general. Without it, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be anywhere that I am right now. Well, then let's thank the internet because you're making some nice stuff yeah. these days. Thanks, Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we wrap this up, Sean, where can people find out more about you and the beautiful pieces you make and the blabber that you go on about in an audio format? Yeah. Um, you can find me on my website, spongeandworks.com or seanrubino.com. Search my name on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, Sean Rubino. And then if you are interested in hearing me talk with my buddies, Brian McCauley and Kyle Toth, you can go to the Dusty Life. Is that the yeah. Kyle Toth? That's the Kyle Toth. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I hang out with him once a week. <laughs> uh, I had the honor of going through a Bjork exhibit at MoMA with him, and uh, <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> but uh, he's no, a character. He, he really is. He's very fun. We we traveled to Boston together and. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never thought traveling through an airport would be hysterical. Um, it was it was quite an experience. <laughs> he finds all kinds of things to ride on and roll on. I could see that <laughs> in an airport. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you're missing us already, or you got tired of me fumbling through this portion of the show last time. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play Music. Just search for Modern Woodworkers Association. Once you're subscribed, you'll never miss an episode. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to the Modern Woodworkers Association. I'm going to see how many more times I can say that in the next minute. If you like the show, be sure to visit modernwoodworkersassociation.com. Actually, visit themodernwoodworkersassociation.com. You can follow the MWA on Twitter at MWA underscore national. You could like the MWA on Facebook or circle Modern Woodworkers Association on Google+. The best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way for, towards sharing our discussion. So with that, on behalf of my, co-ho- my co-host, Sean, and my guest, Sean, and anybody out there who spells their name properly as Sean, I'd like to say good night and stay safe and build something fun in the shop. Thanks, guys. I would think that there'd be a certain reluctance to be a scumbag about it.